Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, closer and closer to Pats and Bucks on Sunday night. Tom Brady's return to New England. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, all guests on the Goodyear Hotline. I got morning, chills. Keith. Morning, Jay. I got chills, and I didn't even play for New England, nor with Brady. It's crazy like, when you hear that and you hear Adele, everybody's like, oh, man, the game. And in my mind, like, I tell Kim, I'm like, I wonder what Rich, Rich Paul's doing right now. Man, stop, <laughs> man. What? Oh, God. <laughs> it's too early for that. I know. Sorry. All right. Let's get to back to the football. great Sean Carter. Oh, jeez. It, it, uh, <laughs> Who keeps yeah. playing that? Yeah, it, that, that, this, this Brady to, to Tampa thing, I mean, Brady to New England thing, it gives you, you know, I, mm-hmm. but I already know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Well, you know what? Hold on. 18 to 9. Mac Jones leads him on three field goals. One field goal going to be like 43 yards. Another one's going to be 52. And then late, cheap score, 36-yard field goal. We're going to try something slick to get the ball back on the one side kick. So we took the three, and that gave yeah, us yeah, nine. Yeah. You know, that yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, it ain't going to be nowhere near what you want it to be. How many times have we seen in sports the balloon of things hyped all the way up to go up to the sky, and then it's just flat and stays on the but ground? what about Brady's motivation with all the weapons on that team? You think the Pats are going to hold them under 20 points? Yeah. It's just that tight. It's not even that they hold them under 20 it just feels like the the excitement, we're using up all the excitement during the course of the week. And when we get to the game, it's going to be like, man, please. See, I'm with you on that, but I think the excitement pregame, oh, that absolutely. moment after the game, all that makes it worth me staying up until 11 o'clock on a Sunday night, 1130, coming into work the next day, being tired as hell. But I want to see those moments. Like, I want to see those moments more than I want to see the actual game itself. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just that think about the buildup, though. Think about it, Jay. The Mm buildup. Oh, man, it's going to be exciting to see Milwaukee play Brooklyn Nets. Oh, we can't wait to see the Lakers take on. And all of a sudden, it's. I mean, that's just always the case. Well, you know know what the problem is, really? It's the week in the season that it's occurring. If this is occurring with a playoff berth on the line or number one seed, so you get the bye or something like that, if the stakes are higher in reality, but in reality, the stakes aren't that high, although... But it's not even... It's, it's, not, it's the game, Max. I'm not even talking about the, the build-up. The build-up's going to be great. I'm just talking about the game is going to be so dull. That's just how I feel. And that might be great. When you say using up the excitement... Well, first of all, I was going to say the Patriots are very likely to be 1-3 and three after this game, right? Like, that's a bad spot for them. And the Bucks coming off a loss, they want to get back to winning. So it's not like the stakes are nothing in reality, like in terms of the standings and everything. But when you say use up the energy key, okay, we're using that energy, right? Yeah, yeah. But Belichick and Brady, are they using that energy too? No, they're not. But because of Bill's recognition of who Tom is and Tom trying to understand the defense and the nuances of what Bill might throw at him, is going to collide to the point where Bill, even though Buck's going to win the game, Bill's going to get the best of Tom in terms of it's not going to be what you think. You think Tom's going to go out there 340 yards, five touchdowns, and a tip pick. That's what you think. It's not going to be like that. Maybe four, but okay. He's going to be a 230-yard guy. He's going to be 
uh, 17 of 32. You're going to be like, uh, that's Run just it. like, yeah, they're going to be running the ball. But see, that's I how those, like, those things go. Max, you talk about the excitement energy that we have building up to the game. But there has to be some kind of anxious energy for both Tom and Bill. Because at the end of the day, I don't care what nobody says, Key. Both those dudes want to beat each other's head in. Like, there'll be nothing better for Tom Brady to win by 23 points or for Bill Belichick to get a win with a rookie quarterback. It's a statement period. So everything for them leading up to the game has to be a different type of focus. They're already focused individuals. But to say that this isn't a heightened type of focus – You'll you know be where I think the pressure is, actually, is on Belichick. Yeah, I'll tell is. you yeah. why. If he loses, Brady got him again. He just won a Super Bowl, the whole thing, right? If he wins, it's still not like such a big deal. Brady just won a Super Bowl. Like, Brady's on to other things. Brady beats Belichick. There's big upside. Belichick has to kind of beat Brady just to keep treading water. Yeah, I think that. I, I think if Belichick, I don't, I don't I think know, Belichick I don't beats the, Brady, it's a big deal. I think if, Beli- I think if Belichick beats Brady... I think it becomes you're not you're, you're you'll never beat me because I know everything about I created you. I created well, there, that's a good you. point. There is that he he needs something you. right now, you. Belichick. Yeah, I created yeah. you. And then if Belichick, then if Brady beats Belichick, you can't win without me. Is that that that's what it's going to be? You can't win without me. Although I won without you, but I had to I had to go somewhere else with much better players. So I think. If Belichick beats Brady, some of the – even though they won the Super Bowl, I think people will start to, like, take some of the shine bit, that's true. off I of agree. Brady. But if he goes and he takes care of uh, – Belichick takes care of Brady, then it's like, right, I know you. I'll beat you every single time. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. So the, the big story yesterday was Seth Wickersham's book excerpt that dropped on ESPN.com about Belichick and Brady and – It's Better to Be Feared is the name of the book. As part of Wickersham's reporting, um, part of the reporting was that Belichick only wanted to talk to Brady on the phone (laughs) when the quarterback decided to leave the Patriots. Brady wanted face-to-face, and Belichick's like, who's Tom? Let's see, Tom Brady, uh, number 12. Oh, yeah, I remember him. You know Belichick would be asked about it. Here's what he said. No, that's not true. And, and I I heard a few things about this book, and it sounds like it's a lot of you know, second, third, and fourth-hand comments. Certainly Rob and, and Tom have done a lot for this organization, a lot for me, and I appreciate everything they've done. I have a ton of respect for them. Um, but, you know, this Sunday, it's we're on opposite sides of the field. And, um, we're going to do all we can to not make them enjoy the night. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Jay, you have any thoughts about what you just heard? I mean, it's a... I didn't expect anything else from Bill Belichick answering that question. I mean, he never feeds into the hype surrounding stories or narratives like that. But it did lead me to think after even hearing it, you know, when they were breaking up, Key, like this was a <laughs> breakup, right? Like, talk like this is like a couple that's been together for a long time. It is essentially a divorce. Was that at the beginning of COVID when that really kind of time? No, right? It was been before. Going on. No, he it's was. Been, he, 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 I know like, when the actual break happened, though. It was last spring. Yeah, yeah so that's what – so I, it, it kind of led or, my – or Yeah, I guess it would be early spring. Early spring. So it kind of led my mind to when when he didn't meet Tom, like I wonder like what other issues there were around that. Like People brought that up to me yesterday. It's like, oh, it was kind of around the same time. So maybe – so I started thinking like maybe that was, could have been one of the reasons why he didn't feel the need to meet in person, even though I think you still 
meet Tom Brady in person. I don't know all the reasons. Oh, you, you, I see what you're saying. You know what I, like, yeah. you're, you're saying based on six feet rules and distance that maybe he didn't want to beat. I, I don't, Tom I don't know. I don't know. I, I tried to start trying to reason with Bill. I found myself trying to reason with Bill. Belichick Jay brings up a good a point. Like think back at the time when COVID was, especially early on, people were like, Oh, we're supposed to keep your distance. I don't know how to feel about no, this. No need to meet in person if you don't have to. But the fact that Belichick didn't bring that up. Fair, fair. I'm not saying it serves as, as an excuse. So I just found myself to you as a the fan. Press conference, yes. Jay. My excuse for why the report is out there is maybe Bill was on vacation somewhere or somewhere not in the same proximity type location mm-hmm. where it was an easy get to. And so, therefore, the conversation went as such because there's more context. I need more context to this. It's just not. I know you and Max 20 years, and we see each other walking through Macy's, and I walk past you, but I dated both of you for 20 years, and I don't know you. And, and you don't – that doesn't – people don't do that. that you were dating him the analogy. whole time? You yes, didn't tell me? Up. You and, didn't tell so me at all? For 20 years, we've been together, and then I walk past you like I don't even know you. Yeah. That, yeah. That, no one does that. Well, no well, one, but no that's, one why, does that's that. why – wait, Key, that's why people are looking at Belichick because they go, no one does that. No one does that. That dude, I don't know. No Maybe one he does. does. That. No one does that. How about you were cheating on me with Max? And so when you are out of town or something like that and you go, hey, <laughs> Max, or you tell whoever's talking or whatever, I'll get with him. I can do it over the phone, but I'm going to be gone for another week and I just landed. I'm not trying to turn around and do this or do it. Maybe that's some of it. I, I You know, I just, I'm just trying to yeah, trying to figure, figure trying it to make out because it out of does not yeah. make sense yeah. that – I only want to meet a guy over the. It's just this no. is this is up there with Matt Nagy dropping J- Justin Fields back all those times and not protecting him and all that. Like you trying to make sense of it. Type, though, Patriots Bucks yeah. is the marquee game of Week Four. We're asking on the Doctor Pepper, Pepper Twitter feed. <laughs> no, I'm outside taking. of Patriots Bucks, which game are you looking most forward to to be part of K Jam Nation on the Doctor Pepper Twitter feed uh, or call in line eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six ESPN Nation presented by Doctor Pepper. College football's back, so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. The similarities between the Patriots and the Bucks are manyfold. Manyfold. How do you like that? So Key tells you Uh who that gives the edge to. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Bill Belichick was asked 
about how similar the offense that Brady is running in Tampa is to the offense he ran in New England. Now, if you can't understand the beginning of what Belichick said, we'll translate as soon as it's done, but listen and see if you can catch it. It's the offense he's run his whole career. Well, I mean, as it evolved here, but, you know, the running game is the running game. The running game is different, but the passing game is the passing game. That's pretty similar. I mean, you could call almost every play from the flare control to the protection to, you know, similar to the way we, we do it. <laughs> the offense, he's run his whole career. And then I think he said as it evolved here. Yeah. The running game is the running game. But because it evolved, remember early Tom Brady hand the ball off, dink and dunk, get out of there with a W because Willie McGinnis and Teddy Bruschi, Lloyd Malloy, Ty Law and them dominated up front and they got two championships and it evolved into something a little bit different. That offense, first of all, everybody copies everybody's stuff. That's just, you know, you you select certain plays from different cut-ups and different games, and you may be playing against somebody, and you look up and you go, hmm, I like that. Let's put that in next week because they run that same defense. We could do this. So it worked. It's, it, it's not out of the norm to have that happen. I think Belichick is more – in the line of, oh, that's the same offense. I'm gonna do something to that dude. I know, I know checks. I know flare control. I know pass protections. I know route combinations. It's the same exact thing <laughs> that I instilled in him for 15 years of his career. I built him. I'm gonna take it and do what I need to do to take him down. And that's what you got. That's basically what he's saying. Pretty much saying, I made you. I made you. Yeah. Like in, in, okay. in, in a short way of saying it, like I know what you run. I know how you look at your line. I, I, I made you. That's it's, essentially what that means. It feels to me that everyone involved, it's such a big game that even Bill Belichick had to acknowledge it last week, right? He made a joke about it and said, you could talk, I, look, but Sunday, I have a game Sunday. We'll talk about it on Monday. And then he comes out and makes a joke about it early, like, oh, is there a game that I should, anything new? New happening, whatever he said to the press, you know, like, is there newsworthy, something newsworthy? Everyone's acknowledging it. To hear head coaches, respected mm-hmm. championship head coaches, talking about each other, essentially, talking stuff that Belichick is talking. And now listen to Bruce Arians. Before a week four game, this is how two championship coaches are talking, basically about each other. Here's Bruce Arians on the Patriots versus the Bucks offense. Well, I think they copied a lot of ours, so it's probably the same. Ask them which film they watch every week. They'll know. They always picked ours up, watched it. So it's the same stuff. When he <clears throat> when he says they all every week they always picked ours up and watched it. I think he's referring to whatever his principles and things that he did in Pittsburgh or Indy or or Arizona because he can't be talking about in Tampa because he just got there. So he's talking about his previous stops uh, when he was running the offenses with Byron Leftwich. Again, that's not out of the norm. I mean, we watch cut-ups of other teams, and we take different things from other teams. But Arians is saying, out of everybody, he's watching me the most. That's what I got, that's what I yeah, got I, from that. Yeah, like he's saying he's, taking, he's looking at my stuff. I don't know that he's saying out of, out of everybody that he's, he's just talking about Bruce. I'm saying, I mean, he's, Bruce is just saying he's just talking about them. I'm saying... That happens across the league. He's looking at Carolina stuff. He's looking at Seattle stuff. 
He's looking at what Teddy Bridgewater is doing in Denver. That's what they do. And then they just take it and try to apply it to what they do. And then eventually over time, it becomes a playbook. And a lot of it is similar to whatever another team does. So, yes, Tom Brady takes that playbook, takes it to Arizona. There's not a big difference, and he's able to get going. The difference is Byron Leftwich is calling the plays opposed to Josh McDaniels, but everything else is the same except the voice in Tom's ear and the the rhythm in which uh, Byron Leftwich is calling plays. Is Byron Leftwich on second and third going to throw it? Josh McDaniels might throw it on second and third. They may run it on second and third. So Brady's got to get used to that, and over time he did, Jay. I also feel like Bruce Arians says all the things that Tom Brady, we know he really wants to say. Right, it feels like a, from a connectivity perspective that Bruce and Tom seem like they're more in alignment than what I saw with Tom and Bill. Even though Bill and Tom have won six championships together, personality-wise, and maybe he's just suited for where Tom is right now. Like that connection seems different. You know what's so interesting to me? Like people might be able to relate to this with their mother or father or whoever, you know, whoever raised you, whatever house you grew up in. There's a way of doing things, right? Huh. But. Do people really know that's the the parent really know it's the best way? That's just the way they, they know, know it, right? Exactly. They can assert that that's the best way, but that's all you really know too if you're growing up there, right? Tom Brady goes somewhere else and goes, maybe there is another way. There is, and it got the same result, right? It got the same result. So now, so now the original household is like, yeah, because they're doing it. They're doing it our yeah, way. But if I but if I if I built you, I programmed you, and I did everything, like Bill was saying, hundred percent. A hundred he didn't say seventy five percent of the stuff is what we ran here. He said hundred percent. Hundred percent. So that means that when you line up in an empty formation and you go three by two or you go two by two or you go two tight ends and you put a guy over here and you motion a guy over there, that means that, oh, I know what's coming. Keyshawn J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear Hotline. At some point today, I want to listen to that Aryan sound again. An incredible comeback that still leaves the team in the same place they started. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Bust or only on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Buster, what it is right now. That's a good Dodgers song for you, Buster. Yeah. 
Dodgers. What it is, what it is. <laughs> what it is, what, <laughs> what it is, what it is. Yeah. Tell him, B. <laughs> Playoff baseball time in a minute here. What's it going to take for the Dodgers to win that division, Buster? Uh, what it's going to take is a lot of luck. Um, and key, you, you, I think you ought to uh, start to prepare for the almost near certainty that on Wednesday, when the National League wildcard game is played, you're going to be there in your Dodgers jersey, and you're going to be rooting like crazy for Max Scherzer to find some way to beat Adam Wainwright. Because I, I, when you look at the schedule, it's hard to see that the Dodgers are going to be able to come to se- be able to overcome this deficit, given the fact that the Giants, you know, they got another game against the Diamondbacks, then three against the Padres. There's not going to be any resistance. The help that the Dodgers need probably is not going to take shape. Does it really matter, though, Buster, if, if, if right now, based on the way, the makeup of the team, what we have in our pitching rotation, you know, we obviously, we, we got Max, we got uh, uh, Walker, and then we could come in there with Kershaw and I don't want to screw his name up, but I always do a who? Arias. Arias. We got that four. Does it really matter if we win the division or not? Yes, it does matter. Look, in 2014 to 2015, I think Max will back me up on this. At the end of the regular season, you could could have made a strong case the Pittsburgh Pirates were the best team in the National League. And uh, in 2014, they go into the wild card game, and they face Madison Bumgarner at the beginning of the greatest postseason run we've ever seen from any pitcher ever. And they get knocked out in one game. In 2015... The Pirates, again, are in the wild card game, and they run into Jake Arrieta at the end of the greatest second half that we've ever seen from any pitcher ever. And I remember talking to Andrew McCutcheon the following spring with the Pirates at the time, and there was that feeling of it not being fair, but that's the reality of the wild card game, and that's the reality of the Dodgers. If they get to next next Wednesday with the wild card game and they're facing Adam Wainwright, whose heart rate, at age 40, you guys know, will be 50, you know, 50 beats a minute. Uh, he, he will absolutely handle that moment. That's a dangerous situation for the Dodgers. No matter what our bats did last night, right, we have four jacks. And clearly, we're a deep ball team. But when we go up against a guy like that, won't we have a slight edge? It's one game, key. <laughs> but to that point, Buster, Buster, to that point, Scherzer is the type of pitcher, power pitcher that you know strikeouts per, like much higher strikeout per inning pitch yes. you know rate than a guy like Wainwright who's older doesn't have the same stuff as Scherzer maybe ever but certainly not right now. Doesn't that favor the Dodgers the power arm for that one game? Oh, absolutely. Look, I I think that you know there's no question that the Dodgers would be favored in that game, but the Cardinals obviously are playing well. Uh, you know, Paul Goldschmidt's been hot. Tyler O'Neill has played like one of the best outfielders in baseball down the stretch. But when you got Adam Wainwright on the mound and Yadi Molina behind the plate, I, I, and you know the Dodgers are going to feel this way. They're not going to be taking anything for granted. Uh, it would be a fascinating matchup to see Adam, uh, you know, pitching in that spot at this age against Max Scherzer, who grew up uh, rooting for the Cardinals as a kid. As a product of Missouri, that would be a lot of Yadier's fun. Yadier is a great point, by the way, calling the game to all that experience. Buster Olney joining us, ESPN Baseball Insider, here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Buster, the Yankees' seven-game win streak ends, and now they have a one-game lead over the Red Sox in the wild-card race. There are four teams that can get into those two spots now. So, who do you think will end up playing in that wild-card game? 
Jay, th- thank you for not asking me to explain what would happen in the uh, event of a three or four way tie. Okay, because that would suck up the rest of the segment. I, I, look, I, you know, I think that given the fact that the Yankees are ahead, um, you know, I, I, I do think that probably if they win one or two games down the stretch here, that might be enough uh, with the way that it's going. But they don't have a great pitching matchup tonight. Corey Kluber is pitching for New York. Um, he just hasn't been the same this year. You know, his velocity, he hasn't had a chance to rebuild his velocity. Um, you know, he's more of a, uh, of a secondary pitch type guy now. You know, a lot of breaking balls. Uh, his fastball is more of a second pitch. And he's going up against the guy. He's probably going to win the American League Cy Young Award in Robbie Ray of the Jays. So that's not a good matchup. And then after that, they have to face the Tampa Bay Rays. If we sit here today... I think the Red Sox will get in. I don't think the Red Sox will lose again this season. they got one more game against the Red Sox, and then they face the Washington Nationals. have been dreadful since that midseason sell-off. Uh, you know, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, and others being dumped. Um, at Seattle, obviously, playing really well. The schedule is really good for them as well. Um, where they, you know, finish up the series they have against Oakland, which that, that team feels like they've kind of rolled over. And then they play the Angels for three games. And after the Jays finish up with the Yankees tonight, they have a three-game series against everybody's get-out-of-jail-free card, the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> yeah. You know, where you feel like if you lose to the Orioles, it's, it, you know, times three in terms of its impact. I think the Yankees and Red Sox wind up being the wild-card teams. Yeah, the, the Yankees' strategic advantage dried up when their second baseman and shortstop, like when Glaber and LeMay, who just their power evaporated, Sanchez is not a defensive player. It's going to be tough. But we've seen, speaking of like those defensive positions, a pitcher hit 45 home runs. A pitcher. A second baseman hit 44. A catcher is leading the league with 48. Broke Johnny Bench's record held forever at 45 for a catcher. So we are seeing, like, home run output on those up-the-middle defensive positions, including pitcher, pitching, uh, uh, pitcher buster, that we've never seen before, really. So after all the talk about the sticky stuff this season, what's going on? Uh, it's the all-or-nothing approach manifesting. You know, let's take Salvador Perez, for example, who sets the, you know, the record for home runs. He hit his 48th home run last night. He tied the Royals. Uh, uh, franchise record for home runs in a season. If you look at his metrics, he's swinging and missing by far the most in his career this year. Like, he has basically decided, you know what? I am selling out. I am going to hunt fastballs, and I'm going to be looking to do damage on every swing from the beginning of the count to the end of the count, and it's worked for him. Uh, For a lot of other hitters, it's not working. Uh, You know, we are definitely in that era of three true outcomes which is why I think we're seeing so many home runs and so many strikeouts at such a low batting average league-wide. Buster, only ESPN Baseball Insider, host of Baseball Tonight podcast, a must-listen, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Speaking of Otani, what did you make of his comments, uh, Buster, about, you know, he loves the fans, he loves the atmosphere of the team, but more than that, he just want to win. And you, if you remember, when he first came over, the Dodgers and the Yankees were flirting around with him. We all thought possibly it would be the Dodgers based on just L.A. and the whole deal. And you speaking of winning, you go back down to 405 and you go north, you run right into Dodgers Stadium after you take that loop on the one-on-one. Could he be eyeing or could the Dodgers be eyeing him potentially? Key, when I saw his comments from the other day, it felt like he sent, a, you know, he threw a high inside fastball to the, Do- to the Angels front office. 
like, you guys better figure it out. Um, when he talked about wanting to win and knowing that his free agency could take place right after 2023, like, it, it feels like there's a two-year window now for the Angels, uh, you know, ownership and front office to design a pitching staff that could actually contend. And, and you think they would be able to do that given the fact that they've got, you know, arguably two of the five best players in the world on the team and Mike Trout and, and Otani – but that, that definitely, that comment raised eyebrows in other organizations when, you know, they see Shohei basically say, yeah, you know, I like it here, but I want an opportunity to, to have success. And I suspect that he probably said out loud what Mike Trout believes. Like, come on, let's figure this out. So it'll be very interesting after the, the next collective bargaining agreement is signed to see how active the Angels are in upgrading the pitching staff. Yeah, okay, I'll tell you what, Key. You guys Let's take Otani. Let's go Dodgers! Let the Yankees grab Mike Trout. We'll call you it a day. You can have Mike Trout. I want Mike you Trout. You can have Mike Trout. Mike Trout might be the greatest can, player you, who ever lived. Yeah, go but, ahead. Take another greatest player to ever live. <laughs> great, speaking of great, the great Buster only, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have another one, Jay? Uh, I do. I just want to ask Buster, you know, where it is, where it is very quickly, on Devin Williams, who's going to be missing the oh. playoffs for the Brewers because he hit a wall after having drinks. That's something that regular fans do. That's stuff that we do, not, not as professional athletes. Yeah, Jay means literally he punched a wall. He didn't hit the proverbial wall. He punched, punched a wall. wall. That's, that's right. And we should qualify this by uh, saying that's what his story is, and that's uh, what he told reporters. Like, we don't actually know, um, you know, in celebration, he punched a wall, uh, and, he, and he broke his hand. That's what he told reporters yesterday. One way or another, he's not going to be available for them. It's a huge loss. Uh, you know, when you look at the Brewers going into this postseason, I, I actually think that there's an excellent chance that they can make a deep run based on the quality of their pitching. Well, he's the second most important piece in that bullpen behind Josh Hader. Um, it makes you shake your head, uh, but there's nothing they can do. The one thing I would say is that their manager, Craig Council, I think is as good as any manager in terms of manipulating his pitching staff. And if someone's going to identify, uh, you know, key bullpen piece in October, it'd be Craig Council. That's the Let's great Buster Olney Dodgers. on the Goodyear Hotline. <laughs> Brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. Let's go from the NL Central to the NFC North. All right, Buster. See you guys. All right. Thanks, Buster. Kenley Jansen's Dylan nowadays. We, we straight, though. We all right. We're good. <laughs> Ever since that, ever since that group bought the uh, bought the Dodgers with all that money and hired the best analytics front office boy, yeah, analytics, analytics. Well, that's why that's why the Dodgers are as good as they no, are. No, we're good because we have good players and we all have right. bats and we have Mookie Betts and we have Turner and Seager. But how do you think the front office knows how to get because all those they're players? good players and they scout them? <laughs> they, yeah, they scout them. Of course, of course, they scout them, but they. Uh, they also understand the analytics probably as well as anybody in the game. Um, come on, Key. You know that's the truth. Um, all right. Back to football, baby. Let's, let's talk about the NFC North. Matt Nagy <laughs> says that Andy Dalton's still number one on the death <laughs> chart. I'm sorry, Max. Just looking at Key. Looking <laughs> Key's Followed so by silly. Fields and Foles. <laughs> Key's Why are you looking back at him, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody come could, get this man. I couldn't go all Somebody in. Somebody come look, get this I man. I couldn't go all in if on you, national TV. If y'all can I need see to. what's going down. <laughs> well, they can on ESPN with News. Key, right 
This is ESPN late night. It feels like ESPN it's Friday to me, even though it's Thursday because I got my man Yates operating the board. So, you know, we feel good. Feels like it's a party. Oh, yeah, it's good, man. It's morning. People driving to work, going to end the week early. It was nice weather. I mean, it's okay now, no, but, not, you know. Not every town is L.A. where everyone I, I ends the week on LA. Thursday. High standards. Well, no, that's not true. Some of them people over there in them Wall Streets and all that type, they ending on Thursday, whether you believe it or not. Going so, down, they so. leaving and going down to the places you go to on the weekend. I'll tell you what. If that's true, here's the difference. I lived in L.A. I lived in New York. So have you. So have you. You know, Friday getting out of town in New York, you're dead in the water. L.A., you're flying because people are gone. Friday well, light. We, we leave on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. We'll take, the calls, from the, we'll take the calls from the beach house Friday yes, morning. Same thing saying. they do down here. I just want you to know, oh. Keith just said, you know, some of those people over on those Wall Streets. He's some of right. those Wall those, Streets. Those streets <laughs> over by <laughs> the those Wall, Wall Streets. Street. Yeah, those Wall Streets over there. He knows you know, those Wall Streets that curve all over the place. The Bears play the Lions this week. Here's uh. what Matt Nagy said about the latest on his quarterback situation. Aye. This is from before practice yesterday. We expect both Andy and Justin um, out at practice in some capacity today, and we'll update you their status based on their participation as we go from there. In regards to the depth chart with, with them, uh, I'm sure that question will come. Andy's the one, Justin's the two, and, and Nick as the three. Starter will be sorted out once we have a clearer picture moving forward here. So we'll know more, and we'll, we'll clear that up. What, what, what did... What would you think, Jay and Max, if Andy Dalton and Nick Foles or Nick Foles and Justin Fields or Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, and Justin Fields decide to say, you know what, man, we all injured. We don't want to play because we know how you go design stuff and we know what this offensive line is like. So they may not even be excited about getting underneath the center messing around with Matt Nagy. I, I just Who looks best right now out of all this? Who's the name that comes to mind where you go, you know what? That dude's looking better every day. Mitchell Trubisky. I Mitch said it yesterday. Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Trubisky. And, and, and I think, you know, Matt Nagy, he's starting to get on my nerves a little bit. And, and, I'm, and you know me, I'm, I'm a patient team. guy when it comes to coaches and stuff. But he's really starting to get on my nerves because every single day he comes with something different, even though it's the same thing. It's like, why don't you just say who the damn starter's going to be and go from there instead of this. You What's act like you hide. You act like you making who the hell they play this week? The Lions. Oh, you shit. act like you getting ready to have Dan Campbell sit back and go, Well, they got Brett Favre, they got Peyton Manning, and they got John Elway. Who should we and, prepare and who, for? Who should we prepare for? <laughs> like, come on, man. Well, Stop. Wait, here's a sign of a good leader. When you're definitive, when you say, This is where it is, follow me. For bad or for good. You tell somebody, here is the plan. It just seems like with Matt Nagy, there's wavering constantly. And if there's a game for a rookie quarterback to find his rhythm after the game plan that you put him in didn't work, it would be against a team that's 0-3. Okay. It would be against the Lions. Is this from Nagy definitive or nebulous? Listen. He's going to have a lot of different games in his career. And that one was a rough one, and, and I put that on me. That, that, that's, that's on me for why that went that way. And I'm going to – I got to learn from that. And we got to learn from that. But that's – I think we have some answers. It, it, you look, yeah, it's on you after six days later or whatever it's been. Yeah, you should have said that at halftime and made the damn adjustments and put him in better position to be successful. Don't tell me now on a Thursday 
that, oh, or Wednesday, oh, you know, it's on me, that one's on me. It was on you on Sunday. It was on you in the first half. Um, Did anybody hear him say, I think we have some answers? I just said, be definitive. If you just came out and you said, that's on me, why would you even say before that, Andy's number one, Justin's number two? No, it was on you that Justin played the way he did in the game against the Browns. So don't tell me you think you have answers. Say, we have the answers now. We are going to roll out a different offensive scheme that you will see on Sunday versus the Lions. Maybe he does not have the answers. Well, then he shouldn't be And here's the other thing. Really? Here's the other thing. Everyone was very quick to point out all the quarterbacks and how things have changed where you start them early and everything else. But in fact, in the NFL, what we're seeing, as usual, is rook like Joe Burrow last year until he got hurt was an exception. Justin Herbert, a rare exception. What we're seeing this year is much more normal. Rookie quarterbacks, especially key, as you point out, in, in not great situations, struggle, right? So there's also the possibility here. I think it's probable, Key, I'm Ooh, interested in know, to know what you mm. think about this. And here are the rookie quarterbacks showing it on ESPN News right now. Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, Justin Fields. It ain't good. One, two, T- touchdown, interception five. ratio, they're one loss on record. They're all so they won in teams. Right? I thought Davis I do, Mills looked de- decent. Did I do actually. the math right? They won in 10? Uh, yeah, that's one win. That's right. Yeah. One yeah, in 10. One I in did ten. the math right. I just wanted to make sure, Evan, that I – my Stanford education kicked in. One in ten with more interceptions than touchdowns. So, so if just, like Justin ten. Fields just maybe he's just not ready because key that's not it, the though. situation that's isn't not, good. It's a bad old line. But it, that's not it though. You you Max. Again, I said this earlier in the week when Dan Orlovsky was on with us. Me and Dan Orlovsky right now, man, can go put a competent game plan together. I'd be the head coach. He could be the OC. And we could have success with Justin Fields because we're not leaving him standing in the pocket with a bad offensive line, getting a you-know-what kicked out of him and allowing him to lose whatever little bit of confidence that he had prior to the game. I you, think we a, have some answers. With a young guy like that, you run the football with Montgomery, you dink and dunk, sure. you play sound defense, and you take a shot here and there. The New, England Patriots, yeah. the New England Patriots are doing something very similar. So, yep. Very. But, but Zach Wilson looks terrible. Trevor Lawrence here and there looks okay. Zach but basically Wilson looks bad. is out there playing with a bunch of U's and me's yeah. and J's. No players on that team, man. I'm all, just all the rookies except for Mac Jones because they're doing what you say. Who's, he's still only – he's about to be one in three. But all the rookies look like rookies. But I can fix that. Latest from New England, including how that other quarterback is preparing for this game. That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Over there in Wall Street. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.